welcome back to Codes and Chaos Podcast. My name is Cece. I'm trying to drop a new episode for you guys every Tuesday. This is something I've always wanted to do. Uh, people tell me I should write a book after I tell my crazy work stories, but I think an interactive podcast will be way more fun. So there'll be some storytelling, most definitely some sarcasm, and hopefully some humor. Uh, we'll hopefully get some stuff off our chest, you know, those healthcare relatables that only us medical types can understand. Hopefully I can also educate the non-medical types and entertain them too. But most importantly, I hope that we can just be supportive to the medical community. And so I certainly want to thank everyone so far for your support, both online and directly. It's been amazing. You folks are awesome. Um, if you missed my last episode, I am an emergency department nurse, not an emergency room nurse. We're a whole ass department, people. I've been a nurse for um, a couple years, only in the emergency department. Previous to that, I was a EMT and duty corpsman in the United States Navy. I had hoped to slide into the nurse corps and make a full career of the Navy, but while I was at a training command for transitioning from enlisted to officer, I unfortunately got injured and it ultimately ended my Navy career with a medical separation. So, shout out to Carrie, who's about to take the exact same journey. Uh, Please stay safe, friend. Previous to that, I was uh, also an ED tech at a level one trauma center in what feels like a lifetime ago, because it was, it was back in the late 90s. So let me start by addressing the biggest feedback that I've gotten from the healthcare community this past week. I had not intended to address this yet, but this has been the biggest topic of conversation with me this past week. Um, And that has been everyone's own personal mental health challenges. And one comment to me, a nurse talked about how they were quick to help others, but found it hard to ask for help themselves. And that's definitely me too, all day long. So now I'm wondering if that isn't a common trait for nurses in general, or is that a common trait for all healthcare workers? I'm not sure. Let me hear from you on the Facebook page or via email about your ideas about this. But what we all have to remember, folks, is that what we do is freaking hard. It's hard physically, it's hard mentally, and it's damn hard emotionally. And that's if the patients are being kind, calm, cooperative, and not dying. Holy hell, if we're dealing with patients that are rude, demanding, just plain abusive, or end up dying on our watch. And then you want to add personal life stressors on top of that? It's no wonder we're losing our fucking minds. Now, I'm personally a huge proponent of mental health therapy and counseling. You don't have to have a major depressive order or be going through a huge life crisis to have a therapist. Now, they're certainly helpful for that too, but I've had a therapist off and on for 20 years and it's never been for those reasons. Sometimes you just need an educated point of view into your feelings on something. Sometimes you might need your feelings validated and be told that, yes, it's okay to be upset about that and don't let anyone tell you differently. And some of you are going to say to me, well, that's what I have my friends for. And that's valid too. I have a great circle of friends that I often tell them about the same things that I then also talk to my therapists about. And they're on my side and they're mad alongside me and that feels great. 
But the difference with a therapist is that they're unbiased and they're usually a little more helpful in suggesting ways of coping. You know, rational and beneficial plans of action not hatched over margaritas that probably won't land you in jail. Just saying. Now, you have to make sure that you have a therapist that you have a good rapport with, that you enjoy talking to. Going to therapy appointments shouldn't feel like a visit to the principal's office. You should shop around until you find that rapport because otherwise it's not going to be a beneficial tool for you. Also, most hospitals and, and companies offer employee assistant programs or EAP services for short, and those are free and confidential counseling services for their employees. And lastly, if counseling is something that you would be embarrassed for people to know about, then just don't talk about it. I'm very vocal about it because I do want to normalize mental health, but if you don't want people to know that you're in therapy, just don't tell anyone. Therapy and counseling is confidential and no one else has to know about it. Now, don't forget, there's also better living through chemistry. There are medications out there to help take the edge off of anxiety and depression. I've taken one of them here and there during difficult life events. Again, you don't have to have major psychiatric issues to need a little pick-me-up. This job is hard. This life is hard. You know, good for those people who are naturally high on life, but everyone is different. There's also a big interest in magnesium, I recently found out, um, to help people kind of take the edge off of um, anxiety or aid in better sleep, among other things. Uh, I was told by a doc at work to avoid the cheaper magnesium oxide because it can cause uh, GI upset, but some of the other, like magnesium glyconate or other forms of magnesium are gentler on your stomach. Um, and have the, the same effects. But just just to be clear, folks, I'm not offering medical advice here, just my opinion. Um, I do feel like it's chilled me out a bit, and I do feel like I'm sleeping a bit better. But as always, you should do your own research and or consult your primary care physician. I also hear people talking about exercise or doing yoga for stress reduction. Unfortunately, I don't know anything about that life. Um, On the flip side, there's also, you know, the unhealthy prevalence of excessive alcohol consumption in the nursing field. Of course, you know, then you go to work and you see somebody who's really ruined their life with alcohol abuse, laying in a stretcher and pissing all over themselves. And you think to yourself, eh, I'm not doing so bad. Again, I hadn't planned to bring this topic up until later on but after the comments and conversations I had after my last episode I felt compelled to remind everybody that we should all strive to take good care of ourselves as good a care of ourselves as we do of other people all right on a lighter note for those of you on Facebook if you don't already know about Stevio he is a hilarious influencer who does Facebook skits about interactions with patients and family members in the emergency department now if you work in emergency medicine I think you will find him just as funny as I do if you don't work in emergency medicine or any type of medical field you're probably gonna watch it and be shocked appalled and find his skits to be utterly unbelievable but trust me folks His stuff is spot on, and it's funny because it's true. Again, his Facebook page is Stevio. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but I have a link to one of his videos um, on the podcast Facebook page for your enjoyment, and I will be continuing to do that because I love that guy. 
All right, it's time for acute cases or AKA story time. As usual, my disclaimer, details have been changed to protect patient privacy. My first story is about a guy that I had a while back in my first year of nursing. He was a patient with sepsis from a MRSA pimple that he had popped. Uh, For you non-medicals, sepsis is when an infection has gotten so bad that it's gotten into your bloodstream and it can now start to affect your bodily organs. It's actually the leading cause of death in hospitals. But the other problem with this guy was that he was also a raging asshole. Um, He had been repeatedly rude and verbally abusive to previous shifts nurses. I was told in shift report not to be a minute late with his meds or he would go ballistic. He wasn't allowed visitors due to his bad behavior, not to mention the height of COVID. Um, And a coworker who knew about his previous behavior had asked one of our off-duty police officers to go and talk to him. The officer basically told him, if you act the way you've been acting, I'm tossing your ass outside. The guy was like, oh, I don't remember anything from yesterday. I was in so much pain, but I'll do better. And we were cool for a while. He even said thank you a few times, and he mostly slept. Um, Then I had to call a security alert on him, um, which had been a repeated occurrence during his stay because... He became belligerent, saying that people were getting rooms upstairs before him and that he was purposely being skipped over. Now, I'm not sure the algorithm of bed flow or the lack thereof, but asking your nurse when you will get a room upstairs is like asking us to give you the winning lottery numbers. We don't know. We don't know. Now, when uh, the, then I was told over the radio... A little bit later that someone in the waiting room wanted to talk to this patient's doctor and nurse and I certainly wasn't gonna bother the doctor but I decided to go out to the waiting room and I find a woman holding a clipboard who claims she works with the patient in an outpatient drug treatment program and then proceeds to talk to me about him now she did not really look the part of a treatment counselor her clothes her mannerisms and such So I just nodded and listened, and the only thing that I said that was that he was sleeping. She asked that I let him know um, that she had stopped by, and I said that I would. So at some point after that, when I was in his room and he was awake, I mentioned it to him that this person had stopped by. Well, he got very upset um, that she was not permitted to come back and see him. I re-explained that he was not allowed to have visitors at this time. So he proceeds to start ripping out an IV and stating that he wants to leave AMA against medical advice. I stepped outside of the room and radioed a request for a security alert because of all his previously aggressive behavior with numerous staff over multiple shifts and I was afraid that he would escalate quickly. So he hears the security alert announced over the hospital PA system, and because he's had so many of them called on him over the last few days, he knows it's for him. So he gets really angry now, and he tells me that I didn't need to do that, that he was going to leave on his own. And so then he starts just calling me a stupid bitch over and over again. So at this point, I offer to take out his other IV because it's imperative that we get patients' IVs out. You can't let anyone leave with the IV still in, or I would have just walked out of the room at this point. 
And his response to me is, do you think you even know how to do that, you stupid bitch? He questions whether I was even able to pass nursing school. uh, Security arrives, and he tells them that they didn't need to come. It's the stupid bitch's fault, he says. And then he yells something sexual at me as I'm exiting the room. Then he proceeds to continue yelling that he's going to kill me, that we don't know him, that he's a felon, that he has guns. And then as security is escorting him out of the hospital, he is videoing with his phone and yelling, I got you, to everyone that he passes. Well, then this is where the breakdown in the system occurred. So a law enforcement officer sees him outside, upset with security, and approaches to see what's going on. So security leaves, assuming that the law enforcement officer will arrest him. They even came back inside to tell us that the guy was being arrested. But the law enforcement officer didn't know anything about the guy's previous behavior inside. And so when the guy's friend shows up to pick him up, the officer lets him leave. I mean, why wouldn't he be happy to let this irate male just drive off? Nobody wants to deal with that. So now the department has to go on lockdown because we don't know if he's going to make do on his threats. And I'm telling you, people appear out of nowhere. We've got management people. I have no clue who they were. There's law enforcement officers show up. They all want a statement from me. And all I just keep repeating is, I'm very overwhelmed right now. I don't know how to describe it. Um, It was a feeling that things were happening faster than I could process. And I'm usually pretty quick thinking. Um... I did hear through the grapevine that he ended up going to another hospital in the area and acted the same way and finally did get arrested. I decided to press charges because unfortunately my hospital system won't do that for their employees who are threatened or assaulted. When I went to the magistrate's office, they and myself at the time were completely unaware of the 2019 law protecting healthcare workers against threats or actual acts of violence. So we ended up going with just a general threat of bodily harm. Now, if you're a healthcare worker in Virginia, I will tell you that Senate Bill 1395 is the law that states threatening to kill or do bodily injury to a healthcare worker is a class one misdemeanor. It goes on to say what charges will incur if they actually lay hands on you. I will put a link to Senate Bill 1395 on the podcast Facebook page if you are interested in reading into it further. I ended up looking him up online to find out why he was a felon and turns out that he had been in jail previously and had to go to the hospital for something and then he attacked the jail guard assigned to stay with him at the hospital and that was a felony offense. So, finally, my court date comes. He's in an orange jumpsuit and handcuffs, presumably from his eventual arrest at the other hospital. I don't know. He doesn't deny his behavior towards me, but he states he doesn't remember any of it. He defends his behavior by blaming it on us, the staff, of course, allegedly for not giving him all of his medications. The person who came to talk to me in the waiting room the day he was my patient, who claimed to be his outpatient drug counselor, is now in the courtroom stating that she is his girlfriend. 
Eventually, the judge ends up reducing the charge to verbal aggression, which is a class four misdemeanor or basically lowest charge possible. But because he is a felon and in some sort of program that required him to have uh, one year of good behavior, he was sent back to a state facility and had to start that year all over again. It was scary because by filing charges, he now has my full name. I wish that the hospital would file charges on the behalf of staff to avoid this. Um, do any of you work at hospitals that will do that for their staff? If so, I definitely want to hear from you about that. Send me an email. My second story is completely the opposite. Um, this patient wasn't even mine, um, but I heard over the radio that a patient wanted to leave AMA again, uh, and their patient, uh, excuse me, their primary nurse was busy. So I offered to remove their IV and help them sign out AMA. I enter the room and I say, I hear that you wanna leave AMA. Now the patient is clearly anxious and states that he doesn't know why he's still here. I said, well, why are you here? Why did you come in? And he says that he came for chest pain. So I explained the troponin protocol and why it takes some time. So now he's upset that nobody explained that to him, which I agreed with him and apologized that his nurse should have explained that process and the time that's involved in that process. Then the patient states that he didn't take his usual anxiety medication and that he has PTSD. So I asked him, I said, why didn't you take your medication? And he says, I didn't want it to mess up my test results. We hear this a lot, folks. If you take daily meds, then that is your baseline, okay? Take your freaking medications unless you've been told otherwise. Um, the patient continued to be defensive and I asked if he still wanted to leave AMA. Now at the same time, we have a victim of a motor vehicle accident screaming on the other side of the department, probably in a lot of pain. The patient I'm dealing with suddenly says to me, and I'm sitting here listening to people scream, wondering if you're even gonna help those people. Well, my patience with this guy was now done. I tersely say that there was a motor vehicle accident and that he will probably hear people screaming. And thankfully, just then, the primary nurse walks in. And so in annoyance, I gladly turn and exit the room and go find a computer so that I can chart this whole interaction. My manager approaches me approximately 15 to 20 minutes later and asks what happened in that room. She had been at the charge desk nearby when I had left the room. Now, I think that this is gonna be a coaching um, conversation on therapeutic communication since she had seen me leave this person's room overtly annoyed. So I tell her the full story that I just told you and she asked me if that's all, and I say yes, and I wait to be coached. And we just sort of look at each other for what felt like a full minute, but I am I know that it wasn't. And then my manager says to me, here's the thing. He says that you threatened to stab him. Well, folks, you haven't lived until you were charting, and you were approached and told by your manager that you threatened to kill a patient. When I tell you that my jaw hit the floor so hard, and I am so glad that I was already sitting, sitting down. My manager had already spoken with him and he had also stated that he had it recorded on his phone, but of course that was a lie and so he just kept refusing to play the recording for her. 
After speaking to me, my manager goes back in the room to speak with the patient again. And now the story has even more detail. The patient states that I named a specific knife and that I said it was in my pocket. So, hey, I offered to let my manager frisk me. I offered to let her check my locker. She declined. Um, I was told this was being escalated to the nursing supervisor for the hospital who wanted to know if I could have said anything that somehow could have been misconstrued as a threat, to which I emphatically said, uh, no. This is also when I learned that the patient had yelled at two registration staff their desk is positioned right outside of this room and apparently after i left the room he ran over to them and said you heard her right you heard her threaten to stab me which of course they had not and so they said that they hadn't heard any such thing then the patients yelling at them saying i can't believe you would cover for her for her what is wrong with you why would you cover for her the nursing supervisor finally arrives, enters the room to talk to the patient, and now the story's grown even more detail. Now he says that when the primary nurse had walked in and I had walked out, that I had allegedly said to that primary nurse, don't worry, I got this, I have a knife and I'm just going to stab him. The ironic thing is that the patient ended up staying for the full cardiac workup and a proper discharge. But then he did yell at the registration staff again when he was leaving for covering for me. Um, he vowed he was going to report me to the board of nursing, etc., etc. I'll tell you, I thought long and hard about this man for the following days afterwards. And what I believe is that when he heard the motor vehicle accident patient screaming, that it triggered his PTSD that he had told me about. And that in his head, he truly heard me say that I was going to stab him. No complaints were ever reported to any licensing agencies, so I'm assuming that family and friends were able to talk him through it. All right, it's time to wrap things up. Uh, no one has come forward yet asking for me to promote their side hustle. You know, I know some of you uh, do real estate on the side, sell crafts on Etsy's or consult. You know, let me know your details. I'm happy to help promote you as we grow. Um, so instead, I'm going to promote my work wife's charity of choice this week, uh, which is the Her Shelter, which is a women's abuse shelter. I will put a link to their Amazon wish list on the podcast Facebook page. You can click the link to the Amazon uh, page. You can see what items they're in need of. You can then purchase it online. And then they ship it directly to the shelter. So this is a great way for organizations who need to keep their address unpublished for the safety of their clients to still ask for help. So help them if you are able. As always, let me hear from you either via email, codesandchaospodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook. This will be a lot more fun if it's interactive, especially you non-medical types, if you have questions about things that maybe I didn't uh, describe in great detail. And lastly, a shout out to the one and only Dolly Parton, who said, if your actions create a legacy that inspires others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are an excellent leader. Be well, everybody, and see you next week. Stay safe out there.